If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make your podcast. Let me tell you why. First of all, it's free. You pay no fee whatsoever. It's absolutely, totally free. There's creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. And most of all, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. Well, the most important thing is that you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast all in one place. Well, what are you waiting for? Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. What are you waiting for? Go ahead and subscribe and make your own podcast. It's free. Welcome to this new episode of the podcast Self-Evolution Regardless. I'm your host, Maramber Homa, and I welcome you to listen to this podcast about narcissism in general, toxic relationships, and ways to deal with them and to save ourselves, but most importantly, seek self-evolution regardless of the abuse. I hope you enjoy and find this episode and the upcoming ones enjoyable and insightful in any way shape or form and i thank you very much for listening now let's get started welcome to another episode of the podcast self-evolution regardless in today's episode we're going to be talking about the enabler and the narcissistic family and what to expect from the enabler all right so I'm gonna be using some useful resources that um, talk about the enabler and uh, where they come from and how they do stuff and why they are the enablers. So I surfed on the web and found this website called NarcissisticFamilyFiles.com and it's uh, written by Julie L. Hall. She's uh, known for writing articles on um, HubSpot, um, Psych Today, and she's known for her book, The Narcissist in Your Life. Okay, uh, her idea was to basically expand on her personal experience with the narcissistic family that she's been living in, and she uh, basically you know, give some tips and tricks and personal survival tips as to what to do when it comes to surviving narcissistic family. So since we're talking about the enabler today, I'm going to be focusing on the enabler. Right. One thing that caught my attention was what she wrote when it comes to the delusions of the enabler. Um one of the you know the things that enablers or the narcissists in a family and usually an enabler would be a codependent parent who um accidentally happens to help the narcissist instead of instead of stopping their abuse well, well number one is that they they think that they are causing the abuser to act the way they do they are thinking to themselves that they are the reason 
why the abuser is acting that way and they should be eliminated from the equation. Another delusion that the enabler may suffer from is that they might think that they're angry or wrong or, you know, they are the angry, the wrong, the cruel person in this relationship. They should not be so angry and so cruel. Third, they might say to themselves, if I wasn't so stupid or needy or selfish, the abuser would love me. They must have been thinking that, um, you know, their needs and wants are too self-centered and they think if they weren't so selfish, then the abuser might change their mind one day and they might actually love them. Not so close, though. Another delusion that the enabler may fall into is that they might say, the abuser doesn't really mean to hurt me or the kids. Uh, there is something good about them inside and uh, they don't really mean to hurt us. Number five, deep down the abuser loves us or me but doesn't know how to show it. I'm going to ask a question here. Do they even know what love is in the first place? Do they even know what the true and pure meaning of what genuine and pure love means? I'll let you answer that question on your own, okay? Number six, and I can say pretty much this is, um, this has happened to me a lot of times in my personal experience, and then the enabler would say something like, all the relationships are difficult like this and they would just generalize over the fact that each and every relationship where marriage is involved uh, must be difficult like this there must be an abuser who is always abusive towards their husband or spouse and children and just in general all the relationships are just like this it's like if, when they say this, I feel like the enabler is presenting themselves as hopeless and um, weak people, unable to um, look for solutions and stop what's happening once and for all. Number seven, and this is, uh, I mean, I have to say seriously, though why number seven is things will get better when we get married or have kids the narrow pretty much an almost impossible light at the tunnel when it comes to the narcissistic abuse and the abuser in general never really existed but it's it just so happens that you know um because out of desperation and because they're really hopeless they just think you know one day um you know one day the abuser will get better and will behave better if maybe my partner and i will get married or when my spouse and i ever have kids they will change that's another delusion and of course delusion is a false belief or assumption that is uh 
believed in for a very long time that is opposite to the reality. Number nine, if I'm more loving, he will, he or she will stop acting so angry. And this, again, refers back to themselves and they think, if only I were more loving or if only I were more dedicating to this relationship, then maybe the narcissist will stop acting so angry with us or me. And us includes the children, of course. Number 10, if our children act better, the abuser will be happy with us. Maybe if the children will stop uh, being naughty, will stop running around, will stop doing stupid stuff. We'll maybe if the children will stop getting bad grades, maybe the narcissist will treat us better one day. Which will never happen because that's the way they are and they never really choose to, to change. The um, Another point I'd like to get across is that... This doesn't actually belong to the list of delusions of the enablers, which is some extra points that actually may be true. The enablers grew up in demanding, selfish, neglectful, or abusive caregivers. They may have grown up in with these kinds of caregivers, and they never really had the time for themselves or thought for themselves once. They may have also come from narcissistic families or other toxic environments, which include toxic friendships or toxic workplaces, where they learn to sacrifice their needs and wants for the abusers. And take in particular cases the alcoholics and the drug abusers, example. So they grew up in a system where, uh, you know, you know, sacrificing your wants and needs for the abuser is the best thing you can do and you should do it because that's just the way it is <laughs> there's no explanation as to why you should do it but to the narcissistic uh caregivers that's just things uh how things are supposed to be run and i'd like to focus on this and usually they think well it's not because of them you know um solely but I think most of most of the time, the narcissist's influence and power of their of over the enabler will make them look at the world in this perspective. So the narcissist enablers stay in relationships with them because the abusers have undermined their independence. They have pretty much destroyed their independence by. Um, eroding or destroying or stepping on the enabler's self-confidence i don't know things may come for example the smallest things can cause the enabler to lose their self-confidence take it for example even just the smallest thing like uh what kind of outfit to choose to wear for a certain occasion and Whenever they try to, um, you know, uh, ask the narcissist for their opinion, they will just undermine them. They will, uh, you know, reveal how flawed their body is. They might exaggerate over the fact that they have um, flawed bodies and ugly looking, I don't know, faces. <laughs> uh, their outfit won't be really nice to them. Or even just another case, for example, if they go out on a date or a double date 
or uh, you know if they schedule a program with their friends say and they will just you know uh, come up with these condescending comments uh, constantly over the small things of course which don't necessarily matter but um, over time they will demean the enablers self-confidence and they will just you know they will look to themselves as um you know people who don't mean a thing you know people who don't necessarily have um self-esteem or self-confidence enough to stop the abuser from humiliating every time they might overwhelm them with excessive responsibilities and the responsibilities that the narcissist chooses for the enabler are exhausting obviously and they love to do this because um you know they may even the narcissist may even justify their um demand and uh, how do i say uh orders with excessive and and tiring responsibilities by saying that they love them or they're just doing this for their best and um you know and all this kind of stuff and it's mentally as well as physically exhausting for the enabler to handle they might isolate them from friends and family and then in this case they always do not sometimes it's not in the literal sense like literally isolating them from friends and family tying up tying them up in a closet with ropes and just leaving them hanging like that but the isolation comes with constant uh condescending demoralizing comments and um and things to say over their friends and family you know they might even make the smallest things seem so big and um and they of course they demean the self-confidence of the of the of the enabler and trying to isolate them from their friends and family will make them consider um maybe not visiting their friends and family in the first place is a good idea and so it becomes automatic for the enabler then to think that uh, maybe i shouldn't visit my family and friends anymore the narcissist will say things like your friends don't really like you or if you think that x or y and z are nice to you that's because i'm with you if i'm not there they will not uh be as nice to you they're always gossiping about you and they're always talking about your bag and i know that i've been there and people are talking to me about your friends and your family never respects you only when i'm there you know they show their nice faces but if i'm not there with you they're not respectful and they'll say all these kinds of lies and deceitful assumptions just to make them um you know uh get away from loving and appreciating and visiting their friends and family in turn enabler will then decide not to go and visit their friends and family they will drain their finances 
And this has happened from personal experience, and I'm not afraid to die, even if it takes me dead over admitting this, because the enabler um, has their finances drained by the narcissist, and they're then just unable to fulfill their financial independence. And the narcissist loves to keep them hooked on the fact that they need their help for financial assistance and support because they have no financial independence and so therefore draining their finances is a good thing to do to keep them longer and longer and longer in this relationship and this will keep them uh, longer in the relationship like I said they might alienate them from their children Again, like I said, they don't literally have to alienate them from their children, but in some cases they will um, say demeaning things and comments that will make them have second thoughts over whether or not they should contact their children. I don't know. Or they may even literally alienate them from their children, uh, you know, take them away somewhere and prevent the enabler from visiting their children. Um... Another way that the narcissist keeps the enabler in the relationship and keeps them stuck is that they will threaten to leave enabler with nothing. Uh, if they have an argument over, for example, financial problems, they will say, um, we will get a divorce and I will leave you and you will have nothing left for you. And they will say things like that just to, you know, uh, make the enabler afraid for themselves and scared uh, of the consequences that uh, might happen and um, so they are threatened uh, if they ever if the narcissist ever leaves the, nar the enabler with nothing and of course this, this isn't done once in a century this is a pattern of behavior these are all things that narcissists do all the time and it's once and twice and thrice and endless times and they will never stop to humiliate the, the enabler to keep them coming back and wanting more and needing them. Alright, uh, so this was a pretty helpful article that I uh, stumbled upon on the internet. There's another, uh, okay, so I've also used some resources from actually really useful YouTube channels, YouTubers. Uh, so the first one is called The Little Shaman. And The Little Shaman has a podcast called um, Meditations and More. And she talks about narcissists and narcissistic abuse in a very good and thorough analysis in detail and she sounds like pretty much an expert but i think that her expertise actually helps a lot with um knowing more about the topic and more subtopics when it comes to narcissistic abuse okay um so she mentioned a few ideas, and I'm going to try to paraphrase them here. She mentioned that the enabler would fight for the narcissist. They will uh, lift the narcissist up 
they will defend the narcissist. They might not agree with the narcissist uh, at times, but are the ones who bail the narcs out of the catastrophes they make for themselves and they try to rescue them. And this actually happens a lot from a personal experience. Um, don't usually have malicious motives, but end up um, basically screwing it up for themselves, the narcissist, and especially the victims. Instead of actually uh, showing up as courageous people, they will um, hurt the victim even more. So clearly, um, from what she said, the enabler seems to be someone who is causing more harm than good, and they're harming the victim and hurting their emotions and uh, and thinking and uh, mental energy and physical energy. If it ends up physical, of course, if the abuse ends up physical, they're hurting they're hurting the victim more. They're helping with the abuse and not really stopping it. That's why enabler is pretty much self-explanatory. Um, Alright, another YouTuber that I'd like to mention, she, her name is Meredith Miller and her channel is Inner Integration and I love her so, so, so much. She's so, um, you know, she's really an expert when it comes to this uh, topic and she is even partner with BetterHelp. And so I encourage you to listen and, you know, to subscribe to her channel and uh, to watch her videos because she has a very good analysis over this kind of topic. She mentioned the codependent parent who enables the abuser is someone who enables the abuser in the narcissistic family. And they seem to have a good heart, but make bad decisions for the victim. Um, and so they end up co-signing on the abuse. How do they do this? They will blame the victim. They will mock the victim. They will enable the abuser. And this is all done just to appease the abuser, just to make peace with the abuser, to not make them, you know, mad and frustrated anymore. And... It's harming the victim on the flip side. This is not something that they may realize, but it happens that the victim is hurt more uh, because of the enabler being there for the narcissist. Okay, um, so another YouTuber that I'd like to mention, and she... Uh, also mentioned a few bullet points here on the topic and sh her channel is called Angie Atkinson and she mentioned the enabler is someone who holds the narcissist up they will uh, you know encourage them lift them up give them praise and compliments uh, they will reinforce the rules of the narcissist by the way that they behave around the narcissist and with the victim they behave like an internal flying monkey but there's obviously a difference between an enabler and a flying monkey they both um may seem to do the same thing for the narcissist but there's a slight difference because the flying monkey acts like a third party that the narcissist uses 
to inflict more harm and more pain to the victim whereas the enabler is an official um, sidekick of the narcissist they are a partner of the narcissist that also inflicts pain over the victim but there there's a slight difference there um okay uh, the enabler behaves like an anthropomorphic monkey like i said they are also a victim of this narcissistic abuse they have been blamed they have been mocked they have been manipulated gaslit guilt tripped over and over again and so they're a victim themselves and of course they want to they want to have affection and love and care from the narcissist and it's something that they are addicted to because the narcissist will never give them that love and affection and care they've always wanted so they suffer as well everyone in the narcissistic family basically suffers and no one gets out alive basically only those who decide to put an end to this vicious cycle and try to stop it uh, you know in the in the you know the the in the soonest time ever soonest time ever you know as soon as possible okay so uh these three actually two channels that i am talking about have mentioned ways to deal with the enabler and these are the inner integration as well as the little shaman inner integration mentioned that having boundaries set will innate will protect you from the enabler and their and their scheme helping the narcissist inflict more abuse over you more pain because as you said the enabler defends the abuser they will deny things done to you and they will defend the abuser because it's their they're their partner so in ways uh, that the victim may try to use to deal with the enabler one set boundaries and I always mention setting boundaries is extremely important because it protects the victim from uh, and prevents further infliction of pain and further frustration so setting boundaries is definitely a must do number two speak your truth and I cannot emphasize enough over how important speaking the truth is and over the fact that no matter how hard things get always say the truth because if the, if there's a relationship um, if any relationship in this world has you know no truth and is full of lies and deceit deception and um, manipulation then that relationship will never sustain and if it does it'll be full of abuse and harm so always speak your truth always reveal what's going on and never be ashamed of speaking up number three put yourself first for once you know as victims of narcissistic abuse we obviously and always think that we should never take care of ourselves we should never think for ourselves it's something that you know our wants and needs are something that we should always sacrifice but it's not because i mentioned it in the personal bill of rights 
And also, it's something that you should do every single day and every single hour of the day. And you should put yourself first. Not just for once, but for always. Number four, work on releasing the guilt of making decisions that protect you. Stop feeling guilty over making decisions that will protect you and that will um, help you become an independent individual. Okay, well, it's not, it's easier said than done, obviously, but if you can just be patient and consistent enough to work on the layers and layers and layers of accumulated guilt over being hesitant over making the decisions uh, that'll help you be free of the narcissistic abuse and um, protect you from eventual abuse and prevent you and prevent your soul and your psyche I mean sorry prevent uh, future abuse prevent future abuse from happening to you try to expressing that guilt you know just you know get it out as much as possible as often as possible and try to make those decisions um become a reality for you because those decisions are gonna help you and they're gonna protect you and protect your psyche and protect your mental and physical health so that's extremely important number five you gotta end the cycle you have to opt out if you know staying in in this kind of abusive ruining relationship is never um never helps actually you might as well just end it once and for all even if it's just your parents even if it's your siblings who are abusive towards you you have to end the cycle and think for yourself and just leave you know just opt out you know minimize the amount of contact you have with them 